Hi, everyone, and welcome back to SNC Adventures Talk It Out podcast. My name is Sarah, and today we have two guests on to talk about an up- upcoming global seminar. So I'll give them a minute now to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm uh, Dr. Brandt, Adam Brandt in uh, biology. And Hi, I'm Andy Schaefer from South Africa. I'm a professional wild guy. Wildlife guy. <laughs> well, thank you both for coming in, and welcome. Um, so if we could just start, if you guys want to tell us exactly what the Global Seminar is about, like what you'll be doing, and then what students get to learn about. Sure. Uh, so this is a Global Seminar to South Africa. It's being run as a Biology 289. The title is uh, African Biodiversity and Conservation. So the goal of the course is that we're going to go to South Africa. We're going to see wildlife. We're going to talk about wildlife conservation and management, uh, wildlife health. We're going to see... Uh, national parks, we're going to see private game reserves, uh, and the whole point is to better understand wildlife management, wildlife conservation, uh, and how it interacts with different disciplines. So it's going to be a very interdisciplinary course, English, math, history, geology, uh, communications, all of it. We're going to tie your interests into, into the program. All right, awesome. So when you kind of first started creating this program, what maybe inspired you to do this specifically? So I'll let Andy say this because he started it originally. Okay. So the idea was to create a platform for professors to take students to South Africa and have a different teaching environment. So every program that I do with the universities is uniquely designed around the faculty member and then ho- hopefully benefits the students long term. So that was the idea. And then, you know, as conservation changes with habitat loss globally, we're having to be very creative in how we go about our conservation efforts. And conservation is not just about the animals living in those environments, but it's also about the communities living within those areas. And so by working with Dr. Brandt, we're trying to show students how we have to go about things a little, a little differently and start challenging the way people think and thinking outside the box, just mm-hmm. creating a unique opportunity in which you know a lot of times people will make uninformed decisions. We try and give as much information as possible, taking you to the unique areas and then showing you how, you know, even though there are obstacles in the way, we can work around that. So communication is very important in realizing just because sometimes we don't speak the same language, a lot of times just being respectful and sensitive to other cultures allows you then into that community and they'll be more open to listening to you and then hopefully working together with you. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds awesome. So I guess this could be a question for both of you. Like, has this always been a passion of yours, like wildlife conservation? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I don't know, am I too old to say that? Oh, I guess croc hunter is still popular, right? <laughs> uh, that was me as a kid. I mean, like, I love the croc hunter, and you know, that started my, my passion for uh, wildlife. And then as I got into high school and college, I understood, better understood how I can get into it to the point now I, I research elephants, I research white-tailed deer. I, I do research in ways that helps wildlife and helps conservation. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to meet up with Andy uh, during my graduate work and find a platform that I can share that passion with others, with other students. And so I can teach about conservation. I can teach about the complexities. And while as an individual, I can't do a whole lot maybe to save an entire species, but I can do little bits and I can inspire others to maybe carry on that work, do work in their own way and sort of build this army of of people doing conservation work. Yeah, very cool. Then my background was, you know, in South Africa growing up in the area that I do is right next to a lot of the national parks and wildlife areas. Um, I spent time in the military 
And so everything that I've learned in my life to a point kind of helps me to be more confident and capable of taking students into the wilderness areas. Mm -hmm. And so as, even as a little boy growing up there, realizing that that was a passion, but it was very difficult to get into. And I, I had no idea I would end up here. So it wasn't that was my initial goals in life. Mm -hmm. It was always just something you wanted to do, but you might not ever get there. And then through spending time in the wilderness, becoming a safari guide and a trails guide, working in the wilderness, teaching students in my country to work as guides in the wilderness, meeting scientists and having them take me on these weird little expeditions and then realizing that I, this is a really big passion of mine and then trying to find unique ways for students to benefit long-term as well. Um, you know, we've known students that have gone from undergraduates watch them go through grad school or vet school. They're not professional people who are giving back to the system. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you realize that, sure, you might not always get to see the results, the end results, but at least we are creating some form of change and inspiring people to do things as well. So, and the more you see the fruits of your labor, the more passionate you get because you go, yeah. wow, this really does make a difference. And yeah, we, we might not be millionaires or gazillionaires or whatever it is, but just by giving something so small back to the system, you see the ripple effects and it affects a lot of people and it's very beneficial to the wildlife. Yeah, absolutely. So I know the program includes a lot of different like hands-on opportunities for students. So mm -hmm. if you could just maybe like expand a little on what those include and what exactly they'll be able to get to do. Yeah, so we keep it a small group of eight students uh, so that we're all in the same vehicles together. Uh, we go on game drives, uh, we go into these, these private game reserves, we go into the national park. Um, so we get to see wildlife, I mean, coming within a few, I mean, some of them brush up against the vehicle. Uh, <laughs> leopards in the past, uh, we had hyena babies this last go around, uh, lions that ran across the road, um, just animals all over the place. So you get to see them, uh, but then we go to some of these facilities like a, a wildlife rehabilitation center, uh, where you get to see up close. Uh, we may even have the opportunity to see some work being done depending on the day. You know, if it's uh, an animal that's come in that was injured, they might evaluate them and, and do some, some little bits of work. So uh, we get to visit um, some more interactive facilities like uh, sanctuaries, like an elephant sanctuary and a, and a, uh, a hippo uh, potentially uh, where you may actually get to touch, uh, mm -hmm. you actually feel the hairs on, a, on an elephant. Um, you have to watch, walk hand in trunk with, uh, with them. Um, so yeah, there's a number of facilities, a number of places where you go, you're not only going to see the wildlife, you're actually going to get to touch them in some cases, uh, learn more about them than you ever thought was possible. Uh, we go to a cultural village, we get to see local people uh, sharing their celebrations, their songs, their dance, they tell us about the history of, of the area and how, how they interact with the wildlife and yeah. yeah. And then we go to a rhino sanctuary as well, in which the wildlife fit there realizes that, so a lot of the places I go to, I'm friends with people. And they've realized that I have a passion for what I want to mm -hmm. do. And so they create these spaces for my for the students. And so it's really cool that even though you might not have a background in that specific field, the vets include you in. So we've done necropsy sometimes. We've done some field assessments. We've put up camera traps. I like to teach students how to track and do those types of things. So the idea is we have this little module that we do with students in which they're learning about things but that information helps them to enjoy their experience more so they have a better understanding of what's happening around them. So when people are tracking animals, they realize what they're doing, how they're doing, and how difficult it is sometimes. So it's trying to share all that type of info with students. 
So, and then we go on wilderness walks as well. So potentially you do get to track an animal. Because previous summer, I tracked a pride of 10 lions with students. Oh, wow. We got to within 40 feet of them. Um, and it was just, you know, nine hours of trekking through a day, mm -hmm. which we did it in little phases. But we got to see the end results. And then the students are like, wow, how did you know? And then you explain it to them. They go, oh, that's so crazy. And so it's just trying to share different things. And, and with the researchers that we spend time with, we'll let you do things. They want you to explore your world and see what you can and can't do. And sometimes, you know, you don't know what you can do until you do something. Mm -hmm. And that you shouldn't feel that you're limited to something. Just because you might not be in that field of study won't prevent you from enjoying the experience and getting to do some unique stuff. Because you might find out that that's really what you want to do now and then you'll change your major. Yeah. So, and that's the cool thing with this program is that, you know, I, the people that I work with, even though they're the top professionals in the world in their field, they realize that there's a difference about a passion and a job. And because mm -hmm. this is a passion, they're willing to let students sit down. Because it's a small group too, we have informal discussions. We're not trying to give students the answers to all the problems in the world. We just bring up topics, have a chat about it, and see how people think because we realize that when it comes to communication, we all see things differently. We can study the same things, live in the same environment, but we'll always interpret things a little differently. And it's so cool to hear other people's interpretations because mm -hmm. you go, wow, I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't sure. And so, you know, many times we have these really cool discussions and it's beneficial to the places that we go to. Because even the guys there were like, holy moly, I've been working in this for like 30, 40 years and I didn't realize that, you, you know, that we can do this. Yeah. And they implement that and it's very beneficial to what they're doing. And so that's the cool thing about it. Yeah, sounds like and it's definitely nothing we can do around here. So very different. Well, it's different. You, you, you guys are lucky in that you have so much available to you, but you don't always realize what you have available mm -hmm. to you. But now you go to a unique area in which... Finances are a little limited and, you know, it's, it's very different. But there's a lot of things that you've learned and seen and done that you can put into practice there. You might have to tweak it a little and change the way you do things because, once again, we have different cultures and things. And once you can get over all those little difficulties, you can do so much with what you have. And that's what I'm trying to do is create opportunities and build bridges between your culture and South African cultures, Namibian cultures, Botswana cultures, Zambian cultures. Mm -hmm. Wherever we can help, because we all need help. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. So, for someone who maybe consider not like has never considered traveling to South Africa, what are like some personally your favorite things about that area? I think it's gorgeous. I mean, just the, the topography, the you know the mountains that we go through, uh, seeing the wildlife, seeing just the colors, seeing just how people live and how they work together. It's all just, this visually is just stunning. Mm -hmm. I mean, South Africa fits into the state of Texas, but we have Canyon within the area that we operate in, that I work in. You can literally within two hours go from standing on top of a canyon, looking down into the valley, to being on the plains of Africa with wildlife, giraffe and zebra, to rural Africa with villages that are so, they're really pretty, but it's like so removed from what you used to because there's a city just a couple of hours away. Mm -hmm. Within the Kruger National Park, we have 37 different biomes. We have more tree species in that little part of South Africa than the whole of North America and Europe combined. So it's such a unique and diverse little part of the world. And when you're there, there's just so much to see and do. And then we have different bird species coming, like 700 bird species. We have loads of animals, not quite as diverse as Central Africa, but 
it's enough for when you're there because you don't have enough time to see everything. And then when you have the 11 official languages, probably about 30 different cultural communities who have different ways in which they celebrate life and do things and how they eat meals and stuff and just the different colored clothing and things all plays an important mm -hmm. part in the different regions of South Africa and how the languages change. And, you know, when you travel throughout, you know, in the times that we're there, we're going a very small portion of South Africa, but it's such a drastic change from being cornfields to mountain ranges, mountain passes, then there's elephants and lions and everything. It's just crazy. So for me, it's always nice to see the pure enjoyment in someone's face because it's really hard to fake those emotions yeah. And when you go there and you see the real joy in someone's face, it's really rewarding. It's really cool. So for me, it's terrifying coming to the U.S. because I'm used to such a small little country and stuff. Yeah. But you guys are really lucky. And so, you know, we get to share and then, you know, make fun of students when they're traveling on airplane for 16 hours or 22 hours through Europe, however long it takes. But it all adds to the journey. Yeah. And it's a really good bonding experience. And so it's really nice to watch students who – kind of feel like they're strangers in the beginning, have this bonding experience and they form these really close friendships and they stay in contact with you and then you get to watch them progress through life and how they kind of go off, make you proud. And yeah, so absolutely. Really cool. Yeah. So I know one of my favorite things about traveling somewhere new is just like all the new things you get to try and see. So is there any certain activities that you think can't be missed in South Africa or maybe like a favorite food dish? There's a lot of like, yeah. <laughs> the food is all, I like the food. I really like the food. Uh, there was the, what's the kind of name? The cornmeal stuff? The, it's called the, the maize part. We call mm -hmm. it a meal or putu pot. Okay. So in different parts of South Africa, we have different names for it, but it's like a grits mm -hmm. and it's cooked in different ways. So you're going to have it really soft, like a porridge for breakfast and then a little stiffer for lunch and then at dinner, it's a really stiff cake that you have with your meal. Okay. And, um, and then sharing the traditional ways of eating because within South Africa, you know, when I was working as a bodyguard, working in communities and stuff with government officials, realizing that different cultures have different ways of approaching a meal. In some cultures, they'll have more meat on the plate than vegetables and this kind of starch meal. Mm -hmm. Other cultures will have way more starch and vegetables. And so it's kind of cool when you go in those areas to say, hey, why don't let, let's do a traditional meal. Potentially, it could also have bugs in it. <laughs> so then, you know, we eat worms. When we have lunch in the village, one of the proteins is a mopani worm because that's what people still eat in this day and age because sometimes they don't have access to chicken and meat and fish. So they'll use what the land gives them. And then they just find it really fun to sit with you and go, here's a traditional meal. Let's eat yeah. it with our hands. And, you know, do you have any questions? And you see the initial terrified look on a student's face. Mm -hmm. And then they go, but wait a minute, let's try it. And then once they've tried it, they go, wow, it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah. And then just sharing how differences are. I and mean, coming to America, of course, Americans also have, oh, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? So it's, it's kind of cool. So food ways, it's one of the best ways to share a country with someone. Yeah, different absolutely. Ways. Um, and then the dancing and the clapping and singing. Because mm -hmm. in South Africa, specifically in the area that I live in, every part of your life will have a song and a dance. So the day you're born, your family has a dance and a song. When they name you, there's a song for that. When you're born, you get given a name which is descriptive of whether you're precious, beautiful, pretty, smiley, whatever it is. So it's a different way of naming your child. Then when your child becomes an adult, you get a new name. 
So your name will change to your characteristics as you've blossomed and bloomed into the adult that you are. Okay. And so sharing that type of thing. So in the cultural village that we go to and we spend time there, they teach you about their dances and their song. And so you have a better understanding of, yeah, it sounds really pretty and cool, but there's a specific meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the journey of your life. Yeah. And that kind of leads into one of the next questions. A lot of students' questions before going somewhere is what exactly is my housing situation going to be like, the meal situation? So if you could maybe just talk a little about that. So the, the nice thing about this course is that everything is included into the cost. It's built into the cost. So uh, we stay together. We travel together. Uh, we stay at everything from a tent at some points. Uh, we're, we're, we're glamping where there's, <laughs> there's running water and there's showers and you know, it's cold water right yeah. it's it's very nice it's just, we're, we're outdoors. yeah you're in a cot you're not on the ground or anything um to some nice resorty kind of places uh that are hotel, hotel style with catering and and uh you know nice uh, formal meals at, at dinner um so yeah so we, we stay in all different accommodations uh we're moving around constantly we'll in some of the nicer parts of the national parks where we're in these little round huts with again um, catering and, 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 and beds and you know, so it, it varies a lot because <laughs> yeah. in the beginning when I did the program we did a lot of camping and kind of the student type accommodations and I just find that if it wasn't comfortable enough for students so often terrified because I'm about I mean, I've never been camping before and now I have lions roaring in the distance yeah. and everything so I realized that kind of affected that on how much the student learns because they only ever remember that roaring lion and mm -hmm. the elephants or whatever. So now when I go to places, you know, I've researched, met people, become friends with those facilities. And so, you know, students that have maybe dietary issues, health issues, we can take care of all those. You know, there's nothing that should prevent you from coming on holiday. Um, in my experiences, I've Carried a grown man on my back who had muscular dystrophy. He came to South Africa. He wanted to see a breeding pair of cranes that occurred in a little part of the Kruger, but you had to walk five miles and there was no road access. He'd come all across the world with his family. He was 82 years old, once in a lifetime opportunity. And then everybody else was like, oh, we don't know how to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, do you mind if I piggyback you and carry you there? So I cried a little because it was really tough, but I took him there and we sat on the edge of the rocks, you know, and he cried and he said to me, you know, this is so cool. I said, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The fact that you can sit here with me and we can watch it and these birds actually flew in at the same time was a really cool experience. And I just realized that sometimes students will feel afraid to travel because maybe they have some dietary issues or a little bit of health issues and stuff yeah. and they're not sure. But if we know what is needed, we can provide that. And all the places that I go to ensure that yeah, it's Andy's group. We need to have a vegan diet, uh, gluten-free, whatever it is. Just let us know in advance and we take care of it so that when you're there, you kind of just blend in and you don't realize that it's not an issue. It's never an issue. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it definitely sounds like it's something that anyone can do then, which Pretty is much. definitely appealing. So kind of as we draw near to like wrapping up, for any students that may be considering this program but maybe on the fence right now, what would you say to convince them to try this out? I've never met a student that regretted going. I only met students that regretted not going. Okay. So if it, you'll see the, there's always a sticker shock uh, with the price. Uh, unfortunately, I can't do much about that, but it will be worth it in terms of experiences, in terms of uh, finding things out about yourself, uh, what you're comfortable with, what you can do, uh, 
what you can do in life, where you can go, how you can tie your interests into something totally different than what you may have ever considered. Uh, but yeah, so just you regret not going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know how to add to that because I mean, <laughs> I live traveling very late in life and I was, but yeah, I've just seen how in these programs sometimes you meet kids that are introverts and very quiet because they don't think they have anything to add to anything. Yeah. And or to contribute to things, and then when they come in the program and, and they're part of a discussion, and that's why we keep the group really small, where you don't feel left out. It gives them confidence, and by the time they come back from the trip, you've pretty much sparked an interest, and the kid becomes really passionate. And then you know you see the changes in them. I've met with families who were a little hesitant sending their kids across the world, and I've actually driven to their homes to say, "Look, I'll do a presentation with you. I'll." show you that, you know, even though they are traveling across the world, safety is a very important part of things. And I always make sure that their precious little cargo will be best taken care of. And then they're like, oh, but my kid's a little quiet and everything. I'm like, that's fine. I was also quiet as a kid. But when you have a passion for something, then you become a blabbermouth. (laughs) And so, you know, and and sharing that. And and when students can see that and, and they can see that, to be successful in this type of field, you have to think outside the box and you have to be a different and unique person. And so you're encouraged to be free and think differently and whatever because that's how we're going to save what we have. Mm-hmm. Once they realize that, then it just becomes a fun thing. So, yeah, watching the, the whole change in that person from the first day when you meet them, I will be coming back to campus during the spring semester so we'll you know meet up beforehand as well. So when students come to South Africa, I'm not a complete stranger. And we'll have had time to have more discussions. They can figure out my sense of humor, which is very different. <laughs> but, yeah, just by the time they get there, I'm a friendly face. They're already comfortable. Yeah. They're friends with Dr. Brandt. They're comfortable with that. So, once again, we're providing a comfortable learning environment in a unique area, mm-hmm. which is full of wows and oohs and ahs. But they're comfortable with you, and so they start to learn a lot better. And so, yeah, it's beneficial in the long term because – shows you what you were, you know, it um, brings out who you really are. And it's really cool. Yeah, sounds amazing. Um, So kind of before we wrap up, is there anything more about the program you'd like to share, maybe to get the word out or attract other students? Uh, Probably just the nuts and bolts. um, Because I (laughs) I guess by the end of the day, it's a course, and you want to know how that's going to help you out. Um, This this iteration is going to be for non-majors, non-biology majors, uh, as a biology 289, uh, and it'll count as a PN, Physical Natural World Core. Uh, so if you're looking at, at ticking boxes, this is what that'll, that'll satisfy. Uh, any biology majors that might be listening, um, this, uh, there, are, there are some options. I'm, I'm going to be able to do an independent research, directed research kind of a thing. Uh, so you can potentially participate in this course and then uh, do some more to, to get those graduation requirements that you need. Uh, and then I hope we will continue to run this every year. Uh, and, and so if you, uh, for whatever reason, maybe unable this go around, uh, plan ahead, start saving, mm-hmm. uh, keep, keep an eye out and, and know that it's going to hopefully be, uh, every year. I, I would like to think. All right. Awesome. And I choose to do the program during what is your summer, but my winter because it's less bugs. Yeah. Okay. That's always good to hear. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we did it in January this past year and a lot of bugs, very hot. It gets really hot mm-hmm. in summer and stuff, but in the winter, the, the temperatures are pretty decent night times are nice and cold day times are pretty warm but very little bugs so 
Yeah, students don't have to worry about the little bugs. <laughs> that always helps, yeah. yeah All right, well, thank you both very much for coming in. And then for any students who are listening, remember that the deadline to apply for this program is December 1st. So if you have any more questions, you can go on SMC Study Abroad website and you can start your application there. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Pleasure. Thank you.